You're listening to American Songcatcher, tracing the roots of American music from its cultured past to today's artists playing it forward. I'm folk musician Nicholas Edward Williams. Today, I'm delighted to share the first of several sitting-in miniseries episodes with you, where I've handed the podcast reins over to a music preservationist and performer. First up is a story of the African-American spiritual turned protest song called We Shall Not Be Moved by Matthew Sabatella. Matthew's mission is to connect people with the music that is woven into the fabric of the United States. He's a singer, writer, multi-instrumentalist, an award-winning old-time banjo player, music historian, leader of the Rambling String Band, and serves on the board of directors for the Southeast Regional Chapter of Folk Alliance International. He's also the founder of Ballad of America, an educational nonprofit that not only provides and develops vital resources for preserving all of the songs and genres that have shaped America, but he's also traveled to colleges and universities to give educational lectures and presentations to spread awareness of this important history. I can't wait to share all the sitting in episodes with you over the next several weeks. They're all very different, entertaining, and educational. Enjoy. United States and internationally, participants in 20th century social movements sang We Shall Not Be Moved to express unity and conviction. The song is based lyrically and musically on the religious hymn I Shall Not Be Moved, which was popular with both black and white congregations in the first decades of the century. Aided by labor organizers in the 1930s, workers in various industries including West Virginia coal mines, southern textile mills, and General Motors plants, revised the lyrics and sang it as We Shall Not Be Moved. The song strengthened them in their struggles against oppressive employers, low wages, and dangerous working conditions. In the 1950s and 60s, civil rights activists added new verses and sang it as they united for racial justice. I shall not be moved. Though there is no evidence of I shall not be moved in the hymnals and songbooks of the 19th century, some scholars believe that it began as an African-American spiritual prior to emancipation. The song features hallmarks of the antebellum spiritual, including call-and-response lyrics, strong rhythms, and ease with which it can be sung and remembered. Earlier European-based psalms set melodies to Bible verses in their entirety. Spirituals interspersed words and phrases from scripture with personal reflections and ideas. The following Bible verses provide the foundation for the text. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 8 And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water Psalm chapter 1 verse 3 
whether I shall not be moved originated in the context of slavery or at a later time, it is clearly rooted in the musical traditions of the spiritual. Some sources attribute the song to composer Alfred Henry Ackley. His 1906 songbook, Hymns for His Praise No. 2, included the title, As a Tree Beside the Water. The song references the same Bible passages and includes the words, I shall not be moved, but differs significantly in melody and lyric. The earliest known publication of I Shall Not Be Moved in its common form is from Edward Boatner's 1927 book, Spirituals, Triumphant, Old and New. Boatner was a composer and educator who arranged many spirituals for choir and vocal soloists. His arrangement of the song became standard in many churches. King Jesus is my captain, I shall not be moved. A jubilee quartet named Tasciana IV made the earliest known recording of I Shall Not Be Moved for the Victor Talking Machine Company on July 21, 1926. Jubilee quartets, popular in the first half of the 20th century, sang harmonized arrangements of spirituals as well as newer hymns. Other jubilee groups, gospel singers, and preachers recorded the song in the 1920s and 30s. African-American singer-guitarists Blind Roosevelt Graves and Charlie Patton also recorded the song in the 1920s. Graves and Patton are best known as blues artists, but they also performed and recorded sacred music. Labor unions formed in colonial America and expanded through the 19th century as large corporations grew to employ many thousands of workers in factories and mines. Because individual workers are virtually powerless against oppressive companies and policies, unions leverage their members' collective bargaining power to negotiate specific changes from employers or instigate industry regulations and laws from the local, state, or federal government. Labor publications often printed songs that expressed the beliefs and demands of unions. People sang them at rallies, marches, and on picket lines. I dreamed I saw Joe Hill last night, alive as you and me. Joe Hill, a Swedish immigrant to the United States, brought union singing to new heights in the first decades of the 20th century. He composed dozens of songs for industrial workers of the world, a labor union that sought to unite the working class in all industries. Hill explained the power of singing in movements. A pamphlet, no matter how good, is never read but once, but a song is learned by heart and repeated over and over. The financial house of cards collapses, and the overinflated stock market plunges into a Great Depression. A financial panic grips the world. During the Great Depression, the Congress of Industrial Organizations, or CIO, organized workers in many new industrial unions. Songs were an essential tool during the growing labor movement of the 1930s and 40s. Singing together builds a sense of pride, forges solidarity, expresses grievances, 
and keep spirits high. Religious songs in particular have the power to raise social movements to near sacred levels. The first documented appearance of I Shall Not Be Moved in the context of the labor movement is from 1931, when striking coal miners in Kanawha County, West Virginia, sang it as We Shall Not Be Moved. Activist Helen Norton Starr traveled to support the striking miners. She recalls the first time she heard We Shall Not Be Moved. On the steps of the schoolhouse stood a mixed group of white and Negro miners and their wives, singing out their story and their hopes. The summer sun blazed down on them and on the miners' families seated on the slope in front. On the road above, a group of state police and mine guards watched, their guns conspicuously displayed. That strike was lost and the Kanawha Valley was not unionized until 1933, but We Shall Not Be Moved was sung all over the country and adapted to local conditions. You've got to join that one big union. You've got to join it by yourself. We Shall Not Be Moved proved to be an ideal song and one of the most commonly sung in the labor movement. In September 1934, Striking textile workers sang it as they marched through mill towns throughout the South. By the end of the decade, the Textile Workers of America Union included it in their official songbook. Woody Guthrie, in the book Hard-Hitting Songs for Hard-Hit People, published the following lines sung in 1938 by striking workers in a Rockwood, Tennessee hosiery plant. Their orders are being canceled, we shall not be moved. They kidnap organizers, we shall not be moved. They blackjacked Daniels, we shall not be moved. We're not afraid of tear gas, we shall not be moved. We're not afraid of gun thugs, we shall not be moved. In 1936 and 37, striking General Motors workers and their supporters sang together as United Auto Workers, or UAW, occupied Michigan auto plants. One day, at Chevrolet plant number 9, company guards clubbed and gassed the workers inside. The UAW's Women's Emergency Brigade outside the plant broke windows to let in fresh air. The women then marched to support the workers occupying plant number four. Journalist Mary Heaton Vorse described the scene in her 1938 book, Labor's New Millions. Down the hill presently came a procession preceded by an American flag. The women's bright red caps showed dramatically in the dark crowd. They were singing, Hold the Fort. To all the crowd, there was something moving about seeing the women return to the picket line after having been gassed in front of plant number nine. A cheer went up. The crowd took up the song. The line of bright-capped women spread itself out in front of the high gate. Clasping hands, they struck up the song, We Shall Not Be Moved. 
After a year of facing down company guards and police, the UAW succeeded in their efforts, forcing General Motors to negotiate. Now, if you want higher wages, let me tell you what to do. You got to talk to the workers in the shop with you. You got to build you a union, got to make it strong. But if you all stick together, boys, it won't be long. You get shorter hours. At Commonwealth College, Lee Hayes and director Reverend Claude Williams adapted religious hymns into labor and political songs. Hayes brought the songs to New York and, with Millard Lampell and Pete Seeger, formed the Almanac Singers. They were a loose musical collective that specialized in topical songs that supported labor unions and protested racism. Other musicians who drifted in and out of the Almanac Singers include Woody Guthrie, Alan and Bess Lomax, Lead Belly, Burl Ives, Sonny Terry, Brownie McGee, Sis Cunningham, and Earl Robinson. The Almanac Singers sang We Shall Not Be Moved at many of their live performances. The 1955 expanded reissue of their 1941 album, Talking Union, included a recording of it, with Seeger leading the singing. The union is behind us, we shall not be moved. We will stand and fight together, we shall not be moved. We are black and white together, we shall not be moved. This old Jim Crowisms did bad luck to me. For African Americans, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments to the U.S. Constitution granted legal emancipation, citizenship, and voting rights. However, vernacular customs and the rise of Jim Crow laws enshrined infrastructures of inequality. During the 1930s, a civil rights movement began to coalesce that advocated for fairer treatment of African Americans. The movement gathered momentum in 1954 following the Brown versus Board of Education Supreme Court ruling that state laws establishing racial segregation in public schools were unconstitutional. We shall not, we shall not be moved. We shall not, we shall not. Like the labor movement, the civil rights movement in the 1950s and 60s was a singing movement. Many of the freedom songs of the movement were spirituals or gospel songs from the black church, sometimes with revised lyrics to reflect the current struggles. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. observed, In a sense, the freedom songs are the soul of the movement. They are more than just incantations of clever phrases designed to invigorate a campaign. They are as old as the history of the Negro in America. They are adaptations of the songs the slaves sang, the sorrow songs, the shouts for joy, the battle hymns, and the anthems of our movement. I have heard people talk of their beat and rhythm, but we in the movement are as inspired by their words. Woke up this morning with my mind stayed on freedom is a sentence that needs no music to make its point. We sing the freedom songs today for the same reason the slaves sang them, because we too are in bondage and the songs add hope to our determination that we shall overcome, black and white together, we shall overcome someday.
the organizers who leveraged the power of music in the labor movement during the previous decades reinforced the singing. The Highlander Center, which promoted the racial integration of labor unions in the 1930s, broadened their scope to focus on civil rights in the 1950s. Highlander trained Dr. King, Rosa Parks, and John Lewis, among other movement leaders. Starting in 1960, Guy Carawan, the music director of Highlander, led sessions at workshops to teach songs and song leading. There had been singing of formal church hymns in the movement, but Carawan introduced the more rhythmic and energetic spirituals that had served the labor struggle so well. Carawan taught and led songs at a 1960 meeting of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference in Raleigh, North Carolina. Among the many freedom songs Carawan introduced to participants was We Shall Overcome, which would become an anthem of the movement. The meeting also gave birth to the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, or SNCC. SNCC gave voice to younger African Americans, organizing marches, freedom rides to desegregate buses, and grassroots efforts to register black voters in the South. SNCC Field Secretary Cordell Regan assembled the Freedom Singers in the summer of 1962. They performed and led civil rights singing across the country in concert venues, college campuses, churches, demonstrations, and folk festivals. We Shall Not Be Moved was a staple in their repertoire. Many labor movement songs expressed specific grievances or argued a position with a few cold common sense facts, as Joe Hill noted. Most freedom songs, however, didn't attempt to convey information. Singing together was an expression of resolve and solidarity. It unified participants and demonstrated that unity to outsiders. People sang in victory, defeat, and to overcome fear. Phyllis Martin, SNCC field secretary, relates, The fear down here is tremendous. I didn't know whether I'd be shot at or stoned or what. But when the singing started, I forgot all that. I felt good within myself. We sang, O oh freedom, and we shall not be moved. And after that, you just don't want to sit around anymore. You want the world to hear you, to know what you're fighting for. No. As We Shall Not Be Moved was becoming widely known in the labor movement of the 1930s, it was reborn in the Spanish language as No Nos Moveron. Mexican migrants, mostly women and girls working as pecan shellers in San Antonio, Texas, faced very unhealthy conditions and low pay. In January 1938, 
approximately 7,000 workers went on strike. Police arrested and crammed as many as 36 women into jail cells built for six. In a cell one night, labor organizers from the CIO worked together to translate English language songs into Spanish. An organizer recalls, the only one that I can remember now was No Nos Moveron. We got the people in that jail singing that night. In 1962, United Farm Workers was born from the merger of the Agricultural Workers Organizing Committee and the National Farm Workers Association, led by Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta. They used music and theater extensively in their fight for farm workers' rights in California and other states. Regarding the five-year strike against grape growers in Delano, California, Huerta recalls, We sang No Nos Moveron every day because we were on those picket lines from early morning till late in the evening and we had to keep our spirits up on the picket lines. And one way that we kept our spirits up on the picket lines was to sing these songs. No Nos Moveron symbolized the spirit that we had and that we needed to maintain to keep the people strong and let them know that eventually we're going to win as long as we don't give up. Folk singer Joan Baez, whose father was a Mexican immigrant, supported the farm workers' cause. She performed and led the singing of No Nos Moveron and other protest songs at rallies, picket lines, and benefit concerts. I'm sanctified and holy, I shall not be moved. Sanctified and holy, I shall not be moved. As either I shall not be moved or we shall not be moved, the song has been recorded by many artists, including Ella Fitzgerald, The Seekers, Mississippi John Hurt, Sweet Honey in the Rock, Johnny Cash, Mavis Staples, Peter Paul and Mary, and Dan Zanes. In the summer of 2020, Rich Uloa of the record label YNT Music asked me to produce a new recording of We Shall Not Be Moved. I invited some of my favorite singer-songwriters to join me, Mandy Marylane, Arlen Phyllis, and Karen Feldner. We released the song under the name Unity Congress. Here is our version of We Shall Not Be Moved. Voices raised together, we shall not be moved. We walk this road together, we shall not be moved. Just like the tree that's planted by the water. We shall not be Huge thanks to Matthew for kicking this mini-series off and sharing this important history. You can find out more about Matthew and the different projects that he's involved in at the links in the description. This episode was made possible by the community on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash American Songcatcher to join for as little as $3 a month and help this independent program be all that it can be. Here's to the songs of old. May they live forever. See you next time on American Songcatcher. We're on that road to freedom. We shall not be moved. We're on that road to justice. We shall not be moved just like a tree.
that's planted by the water we shall not be Just like a tree, just like that's planted by.